So we had begin our series a couple of weeks ago. We're moving right along. This is part three, believe it or not. Uh, and the title of this series is Building Bold Witnesses. And so we kicked off the uh, series talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit as relates to people coming to Christ. We understand that people can't save people, that only God, through the Holy Spirit, will convict people in, in, in relation to salvation. So our job is simply to be a witness and to preach. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to draw men to Christ. Last week, we looked at a bold woman. We had this Mother's Day last week, and we looked at the woman uh, of Samaria, a woman that Jesus had an encounter with. And as Jesus began to talk with this woman, uh, she realized uh, in the conversation that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. And when she got a revelation of who Jesus was, this woman who had many issues, and one of those issues was that we believe she was a moral woman. She didn't have any real education in anything, a Bible. There was nothing religious about her. But when she had an encounter with Jesus, we saw the boldness of her, that she ran out into the street and she began to communicate uh, to everyone in the city to come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. And her, her passion was so extraordinary that a whole city was affected because of this woman who simply testified, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. And so we realized that it doesn't take a lot to be a witness for Christ. It just takes some passion, some enthusiasm, and the willingness to step out in faith. And so we want to continue in our series today. And I want to talk about something that is uh, relative uh, relative to all of us, and that is the subject of overcoming fear in evangelism. Overcoming fear in evangelism. Now, I think it's safe to say that Satan will do everything that he can to try to force us to keep our faith to ourselves. He will distract us with worldly things. He will uh, try to attack our lives with all kind of different kinds of emotions like depression and different things. And but I believe that Satan's number one tool that he uses against all of us who are believers is this thing of fear. And I believe it's Satan's number one tool, the fear of rejection, fear of speaking, fear of being isolated, fear of being rejected. And so as a consequence of that, and I think that, that sometimes we are, are not moving in the direction God wants us to go because fear has the capacity to stop you. In fact, if you study the Bible, one of the things you see over and over in the scriptures that the Lord was always saying, fear not. You know, you can go all the way back in from the Old Testament, even in the New. There was this constant thing where the Lord was just saying to us, fear not, fear not, do not fear, be bold, be, be strong. You remember he told Joshua, he said, Joshua, Fear not, be bold, be courageous, Joshua, because you're going to lead the people into the promised land. Now, the Lord knows, and the reason why he has to tell us that, because he understands that fear, that fear will cause us to freeze. And we had a computer freeze this morning. You know how distracting that can be. But understand that, that, that and the Lord knows this, that if we are controlled by fear, he cannot do in us what he wants to do through us. Fear is something that torments. It is something that, that causes us not to, to walk into our destiny. I believe that sometimes that there, I wonder about this, and I thought about this as I was preparing this message. I thought to myself, I said, well, I wonder how many people um, have not come to Christ 
because somebody simply uh, didn't open their mouth because they were afraid to share the gospel. They were afraid of what the person might say, afraid that they might be rejected, afraid that they might be isolated. And so Satan knows that he can't do anything about our salvation. What we don't want to do, what he want to do is he want to make sure that we don't have that, that we're too fearful to move into the things that God wants us to do. And so uh, we have to be those that understand that our calling and the thing that God has called us to do, he's also equipped us to do. So there's nothing to fear for the Christian. Let me say that again. There's nothing to fear for us. There's nothing to fear. And I want to show you that as we go forward today. But as you as you study the scriptures, in particular, I believe if you study Hebrews chapter 11, you know, it talks about those uh, men and women of great faith and how they accomplished great things. All of them had to overcome this thing of fear uh, from Abraham to David to to Moses to uh, the disciples, the apostle Paul, they all had to overcome it. And the thing about it, when we press through fear, then on the other side of that is blessing. On the other side of that is destiny. And one of the things that I think back in my own life from a, a personal standpoint, that there were things that I knew that God had called me to do, but I was afraid and, and, and fear gripped me. And if I was really honest with myself, you know, nowadays we, we, we can be creative. I think sometimes we, we're walking in fear, but then we come up with, with ways and we say things like, well, you know, I, I just can't. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not that smart. I'm not this and I'm not that. And, and when you really peel back the onion, you kind of, you know, kind of look at it. It is really something that we fear. That, we, that, that fear is somehow controlling us. And the problem is if fear is controlling us, then you can, you can bet your bottom dollar the Holy Spirit is not controlling us. And so what we want is we want to be full of the Spirit. We want to have a sound mind and we want to be those that walk in the anointing uh, to change lives. And that is walking in the boldness of Christ. And so let's kind of look at some things. I'm going to kind of set this up. Uh, a little bit to kind of give us uh, some uh, reassurances of, of what we're called to do, how the Jesus backs us in that. And then we're going to look at some steps to overcoming fear, uh, some very practical steps we can take as it relates to evangelism. And so I'm um, looking at Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. Now, this is a verse that uh, we read time and time again, but it is something that if we don't read it carefully, uh, that we'll miss something in this. Now, Jesus says here in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven, listen to this, all authority, all, I want you to get that, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is what Jesus said, right? So I want you to stop that. Let's check that for a moment. So that means that Jesus is the ultimate authority. Jesus, as one who has all authority, he doesn't have to ask anybody for permission to do anything. When, when, when Jesus says that all authority has been given unto me, this simply means that he is the highest authority and he reserves the right to do as he please. So no man, get this church, no government, no authority that exists can supersede the authority of Christ. And it's so important that we understand that because God has given us, a, he's given us some, a mandate. 
I'm going to get in that, get into that here in a second. He's given us a mandate and we must understand that even when man try to tell us that we can't, if God say do it, how many know that we ought to obey God rather than man? Are you hearing me? Because all authority has been given in him. All authority. And this is powerful. Now, within the context of that authority, listen to what he says. He says, now go therefore and make disciples, watch this, of all nations. All right? Now, Get that in the context of what he said. He says, all authority has been given to me. So in other words, if somebody tell you, well, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't be sharing your faith. That's illegal. How do you know that all authority has been given to him? And if and God says you need to preach, you need to preach. Now, you may not can be overt on your job, but how do you know you need to figure out a way to get that gospel out? Because you've been granted authority by God to preach the good news of the gospel. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because all authority, see, watch it, because everything is accountable to him. If everything is accountable to him and every knee, every tongue, everything will bow and listen, it, how many know that it's all going to come back to Christ? So, so watch this. So he said, now, every authority, every authority on earth and in heaven is given, given unto me. He said, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's the command. That, he's not asking us. That's a command. He's a baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, now, teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And watch this, and lo, I'll be with you to the end of the age. So now, the context of him being with us is within the context of making disciples. So if we talk about how that, if he wants God, if we really want to experience God's favor and God's anointing and all of that, it is within the context of us preaching. So here's what he's saying. He's saying now, he said, I want y'all to know I got all authority. And here's what I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you, I want you to go and make disciples. That's a command. And no, and listen, and don't let no man, woman, boy, or girl tell you otherwise. That's the command that he's given to us as the church. And he says, I will be with you. In other words, you know what he's saying? He said, when you are faithful to do what I called you to do, God said, I'll get, I'll get you back. How many know if God got you back, you're in good, you're in good shape? I, I want God, I want God, I want him to catch my back. So, so we understand, so that he's making this command and this command now, hear this, is to override everything, including our fear and emotions. Because, uh, because I want you to understand something. Your fear is no excuse to not share your faith. You can't, you're not going to get before the heavens and say, Lord, I would have preached, but I was, you know, I was scared. I didn't know. I was intimidated. Oh, no, Lord. I didn't know what. I was just, you know, you know me, Lord. I'm just, oh, I'm just. A, no, he's not going to take that for an excuse. He said, now, I'm telling you, I'd give you. He said, how many know if the king of kings said to go, how many know you better go? <laughs> you better go because the king said go. So we don't, you know, when the king says go, we don't ask no question. Ain't no debate. We just got to go. Now, now, first Peter, go to first Peter chapter number three, verse 15. It takes it. It even brings it home a little bit further. Peter says here that sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In other words, set him apart, live for him, worship him, serve him, love him, honor him, worship him. That's what it means. He says, sanctify the Lord in your heart. In other words, make him first in your life. No, don't just say he's first, but make him first in your life. Love him, serve him, worship him. He says, and watch this. Now watch what he's saying now. He says now, and always, and always, and always be ready. Everybody say be ready. Be ready. Everybody say be ready. Come on. Be ready. 
There we go. That's better. Be ready. Is anybody ready today? <laughs> you know, my wife is on what she's, uh, you know, she's a flight attendant. So, you know, she's on this thing called ready reserve today. That's why she got her uniform on. So, you know, when so she has to be ready when they call. She can't be like, you know, when, it, when you got to be ready, you can't be like, oh, where my stuff? And I, 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 I got it. No, no. When, when they call, you got to go. He's saying to watch this, that we ought to be ready. Watch this. Be ready to give a defense. To everyone. So we got to be ready at all times, always prepared. There's not a time we're going to say, wait a minute, I can't do that. I can't share it. No, no. Be ready. How many know that all of us are on reserve call? <laughs> come on. We on, we on standby. At any moment, somebody can come, and we got to be ready to present. We can't be like, oh, well, let me go find pastor. I know pastor said something about that. No, no, no. Be ready. You be ready to, to watch this, to give a defense. Whose responsibility is to defend the faith? That's ours. To give defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. In other words, you got to be prepared. If you say that Jesus is your life and you say that he's the hope of the world, he said you got to be in a position where you can explain to people the hope that's down on the inside of you. He says, think about it, be ready, be prepared. Now, you know, when you got to prepare, what do you do when you prepare? You study, right? You get ready, you do whatever you got to do. This is part of, believe it or not, when you come to church, this is a, this is a part of that discipline. You're actually equipping yourself. You're, you're, you're getting yourself ready for that moment because how many know God wants to use you? Amen. He really, God wants to use everyone in this room who is willing and who want to be used. You know, I, you know, I was talking to, to, to Sister Jean the other day and she was talking about her. She sends out, Jean been sending out emails, I don't know, for 10 years. And uh, through, I, I think, I, I, don't know if I don't know if that thing go count. I know it's everybody on the police department, just about, it seemed like to me. But I've been getting emails from Gene, and they're always little Bible devotions every day. I mean, every day, Monday through Friday, year in, year out, here comes an email from Gene. And, you know, and she's always ready. And everybody knows. And, and, and what she's doing, it's sowing seeds. You see, sowing seeds, being ready. You see, now watch this. So if I got to be ready and I got to be ready to. You know, so if somebody come to her and say, Gene, I, I need to know a little bit more about this, this email. You, how many know she got to be ready at that moment? She don't have time to go back. And say, oh, no, 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 wait, wait a minute. Uh, I, let me go back and do my devotion tomorrow. Uh, let me go back. And do my, then, no, no, no. You got to know it. See, now, if we're to be ready and to give a defense for the hope that is in us, then how many know? That, that we can't be controlled by fear. We can't be, uh, we can't be afraid because if fear gets a hold of us, then we're not going to be ready to do anything but be in fear because fear will grip you. Fear, how many, how many know what I'm talking about? Fear is a tormentor. Fear will beat you across the head. Fear will keep you up at night. Fear will make you run from people. Fear will make you run from your own shadow. Fear will torment us. So then, if we're going to fulfill this mandate, we cannot be controlled by fear. Now, here's why I want to say something because this is important. We got to look at fear as an obstacle, as an enemy. See, and the only way that you deal with fear is you got to treat it like an enemy. When it try to come on your life, you know, when God, you feel, you get a sense in your heart that God has called you to do something. And, and once you've removed everything else, if all you got is fear, then you need to look fear straight in the eye. You need to have a stare down, showdown, and say, you're going down today. We need to see fear as an enemy to what God has called us to do. And ain't but one way to deal with your enemy. Cut it, chop it, cut, cut them, 
chop them down, cut it off from the roots. That's, you see, we have to have a tenacious attitude when it comes to fear. Because there have been many people who who's never achieved great things because they are too afraid. And that's why the Lord always say, don't, don't walk in that. And so we need to see fear as an obstacle. And we need to, and we need to confront it and we need to deal with it. And in fact, I, I mean, I still have moments, you know, it's not so much now. I just, cause you know, you just, after a while, you just kind of feel like, you know, you know, whatever happens, happens because, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be controlled by fear. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, you just, when that, when that spirit tries to come on you, you just got to say, I ain't, I'm sorry. I, I just can't, uh, you know, and I could, I, I walked into situations like this trembling, but you know what? I said, but I'm going to tremble. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this today. I'm going to do this thing what God has called me to do. Why? Because my destiny is calling me. And I don't want it to be said of me that I didn't get what God had for me because I was too scared. Come on, somebody. Do, do you nobody want to meet the Lord and, Lord and hear the Lord say that, right? No, 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 no. You want to say, Lord, I went all the way. All God is looking for is somebody who believes him with some crazy faith. Now, let's look at some steps that will help us in this. So, we, so here's what we established so far. So we understand that we have an authority to preach that authority is rooted in a command and that command is to be bold and to be fearless. We can be bold and fearless in preaching the gospel because Jesus has given us that authority and that mandate. He's called us to always be ready to share and fear is not in that equation. So we can't allow that to creep in. That is no excuse. He says, everybody, this is to everybody that we all have to be ready. So now let's look at some steps I believe that will help us. Uh, to overcome fear as it relates to evangelism. Because how many of you really want to share your faith? Come on. Let me see. How many of you really want, you really want to talk to other people? You want people to get right with God, right? You want to see them in heaven with you. You, you, you don't want to just, you don't want to just live your life and then, you know, your, your neighbors, your friends, your, your folks that you love and they're not there. You, you want them to be there. And so here's some steps to overcome our fears. And I think these, be, these are very practical and these are very helpful. All right, number one. I think we ought to pray for boldness. So here's how this works. Um, whenever I find myself and fear would try to come on me, I instantly pray. I just say, because for me, uh, walking away is no option. Come on, somebody. Walking away from what God's called, it ain't no option. Can't do that. So I instantly pray for boldness. And let me tell you something. Every single time that I ask God to embolden me and empower me, you know what? He's done it every single time. Every time I walked in a situation, man, where I was afraid and I was fearful, and I, I just said, and it's not a long prayer. I'm not dropping it on my knees. I'm just praying, Lord, give me boldness. Give me boldness right now. I need you to help me. And God supernaturally gives me boldness to do what it is he's called me to do. Like in the book of Acts, uh, you know, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse uh, 23 I'm not going to read all that, but look down in verse 29. Here's the disciples. They were being threatened. Uh, they were afraid. They were fear. Fear was trying to come on them because, you know, um, their, their lives were hanging in the balance. In verse number 29, hey, look what they said. They said, now, Lord, they're praying to God. They, they realize, man, they've been out there preaching. And now, boy, they, it's things are starting to, starting to tighten up because people are saying to them, you better not preach Jesus. Stop that preaching that Christianity stuff. Shut it down. Shut it down or we're going we're gonna to kill you. We're going we're gonna to cut you off. Stop it. And so they sense this thing of fear trying to come on them. So in verse number 29, look what he says. He says, now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
And when they had prayed, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. At that, at that moment, they spoke. Why? Because they prayed. How many know that if we're going to be effective in evangelizing, we got to rely on the Holy Spirit. We got to rely on God. We got to tap into it all the time. Number two, here's the next thing. We got we to gotta recognize where fear comes from. <laughs> recognize. Now, understand something. That, all, that, that every one of us on some level wrestle with some insecurity. You know, we got, you know we're, we're flawed humans, right? We're, we're not perfect. But I know who is perfect. And that's the one who called us. Am I right about it? So he says here in 2 Timothy 1.7, everybody knows this verse, or at least have heard this verse. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Didn't come from God. But of power, power to do his will in the earth, love. He calls us and equips us to love in a sound mind. In other words, I ain't crazy. I mean, no, God ain't got no crazies. We got a sound mind in Christ. This is, this is the spirit that God has given us. So he has not given us fear. See, fear has a, how I many know that when somebody is controlled by fear, their wives are all messed up? <laughs> you know, because they don't know what to do. They're, un, you know, they're doubting. They're uncertain. They're nervous. And, and you know, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm scared. And they are c- controlled by that. Oh, 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 it's driving me crazy. You follow me? God has not given us that spirit. So we understand that fear originates from the pits of hell. That's where it comes from. So, so watch if we're gonna if we're gonna overcome fear as it relates to talking with people and evangelizing, we gotta realize fear comes because God didn't give us the spirit of fear. It comes from Satan. The Bible says, "Look, I read this earlier, First uh, John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment." And how many know that Satan, that's all he wants to do is torment us. He wants us to walk in fear. And, and, and whenever we are uh, uh, just submitting to that, and, and I know nobody likes to hear this, but if fear, if, if fear is controlling your life in any shape or form, there's demonic influence that's controlling your life ultimately. Because it's rooted in Satan. Fear, God has nothing to do with fear. Fear not. I'm with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. He's saying it over and over again. Though you go through the waters, I will be there. Though, though the mountain be, I will be there. Fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, fear not. Come on, look at him and say, fear not. See, he said, don't be, don't be walking in fear. Walk in boldness. Walk with soundness of mind because that's your gift. That's what God has given to each and every one of us. And so... We don't want no demonic influence over our life. We want to embrace what God is doing in our life. And so we got to recognize that fear comes from the devil. And if fear comes from the devil, I want no parts of that. I'm sorry, devil. I'm going to walk. Because how many know the Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in what? In the world, God is greater. Number three, we got to walk in the spirit. The Bible says be filled with the spirit in uh, Ephesians 5.18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. So when somebody is filled with the spirit, that means we're in the spirit of God is controlling us. He's directing us. And, and how many know that if you're filled with the spirit, you're not going to have fear involved. So you got one or the other, either going to be filled with faith, filled with fear with the spirit, or you're going to be filled with fear. Both of them can't occupy the same space. 
So he says, now be filled with the Spirit. Why is he saying be filled with the Spirit? Because if we're filled with the Spirit, we'll be led by the Spirit. And watch this. And when we are walking in the Spirit, we are always going to have an evangelistic nature to ourselves. In other words, we're always going to be thinking evangelistically if we're filled with the Spirit. Because ultimately, God is filling us with the Spirit to change lives. That's why God fills you and empowers you. That's why he embows you. That's all the miracles that Jesus did. Y'all know he turned the water into wine. He healed the sick. And, and, and his disciples carried that on. And, and that still happened, I believe, today. All of that is done so that men will have a relationship with Christ. So when we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, we're always thinking evangelistically. That's what it means. So he says, so we got to walk in the spirit. That means that we got to follow the spirit. We got to uh, walk in the spirit. We got to live in the spirit. And as much as we can, we got to stay in the spirit because then we'll be controlled by him, which will lead us in the places where we'll be able to share our faith. Number four, we got to starve your fear by feeding your faith. Starve your fear by feeding your faith. Now, here's a great practical thing that I've learned and I think will be helpful to all of you. So one of the things that I said before, I said fear has torment, right? It torments us. And so and one of the things that happens is in that phase when we're, when be, when we're being tormented about something, uh, something that God is, that we believe God is saying to us, something we should be doing, we're fearful about it. Then one of the things that, that I think is, is, is helpful is that if we, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So watch this. So I don't want to be thinking failure. That's how some people, some, you know, when you're being tormented by fear, you're actually imagining yourself being defeated. You're thinking about, oh, if I step out and do this, I won't make it. Oh, man, if I do this, man, things are not going to work. Oh, if I do this, they're going to hate me. Oh, if I do this, they're going to reject me. And we start kind of thinking in that way, and we're missing out. Because what, here's what we're doing. We're imagining ourselves failing. But how many know the Bible says, listen, the Bible says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are... So we need to think on these things and watch this. And so I need to read the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by how you think, renewing your mind. So then, watch this, church. If I'm going to feed my faith, then I got to think about winning. I got to see myself as a winner. Come on, church. I got to see myself as victorious. I got to see myself standing up in front of, you may have to stand up in front of 5,000 people and you're scared to death. But it's, don't imagine yourself going up there failing. Imagine yourself, man, these people, are gonna, they're going to love what I got to say. Uh, imagine yourself, if you're, on, if you're on the front lines of anything, just imagine yourself winning. And, and, and what, you know, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Fear is going to get chased away. It'll be chased away because you're not allowing your mind to go there. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So you got to allow yourself to dwell on victory. Paul says that, 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 that we need to think. We, need to, we, have, a, we have, a, have, to, have to have a mind that is set on Christ. Our affections are on Christ. And if we're set in Christ, how many know Christ won? <laughs> he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And how many know because he won, we won too? So we need to walk like winners because you are a winner. Now, some of us don't, some of us, we, we miss that, but you're a winner. If you're in Christ, you already won. Own who you are. Own it in Jesus' name. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So starve your fear by feeding your faith. Feed your faith with things that's going to elevate you. And then watch this, number five, connect with others who will stimulate your evangelistic appetite. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 4 and 4 to 7, we read this verse all the time, but I'll read it again today. It said, now all who believe, they were together. Everybody say together. And they had all things in common. And they sold their possession and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And I said, and the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Now, I want you to understand something. It's something about when you connect yourself with other people who are going in the same direction you are. And th th this is something that, that I've learned about myself. And so, because how many of you want to be comfortable or you want to be stretched? How many of you want to be stretched? Come on. Uh, you know, and how many know if you're going to grow, you're going to have to go in some uncomfortable places? Uh, you know, you had to connect with people that's going to elevate your thinking. Gonna, you need to connect with people. This, this is free, God. This is some good stuff right here. Listen, you, listen, if, if, listen you, if, if, if I'm going to be evangelistic, then I need to connect with people that know how to do that. I need to connect with people who are, because the Bible says that when they were together, great things happen. Why? Because that synergy, we feed off of one another. Right. So I want. So listen, I'm always trying to connect with people. Watch this. Who are smarter than me. Am I right about it? I want to connect with folks who are even more bolder than me. I want to connect with people. And that, it's so, listen, how many know that if all of y'all friends, but all y'all scared to death, how many know that all y'all, all y'all ain't going to get nothing? Can you imagine what that conversation is like? Oh, gosh, I was so scared. Oh, you, 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 you I mean, nobody going nowhere with that. But listen, if you want to go somewhere different, challenge yourself. Connect with folks that are smarter than you. Why is it you? That, that, and, and, and see, here's the problem why we don't do that sometimes, because of our own insecurities. So we want to find somebody, we want to kind of dumb, you know, we want to kind of dumb it down in the sense of I'm going to connect with people that are kind of like, oh my, no, connect with people that's a step or two above you. Because what's that going to, it's going to pull you up. It's going to challenge, it's going to make you better. So then if I'm going to be a person that's going to be evangelistic in nature, I need to connect with people that think that way. The Bible said that they were all together. They had all things in common and bam, things happened. So who are you running with? Who are you connecting with? Who are your friends? Now, pastor said, pastor said, I, yeah, yeah, I can't be friends with you today, Johnny, because you person, you're a fearful person, man. I don't want to have nothing to do. And I'm not saying suggesting that. I'm just saying that you need to get other friends, somebody that's going to stimulate you. And then perhaps you get stimulated, you'll stimulate the other. You follow what I'm saying? And this thing will start to rub off and then some people will change. So that's how we got to do this thing, church. So we got to connect with other folks that's going to stimulate our evangelistic appetite. And then uh, uh, the sixth thing, and I'm almost done, is confront your fears by doing what the Bible says. Nike. I believe coined the best phrase, man. I believe this thing will be, I believe it's going to be a banner in heaven that says this phrase. What does Nike say? Just, man, that's deep, ain't it? Just, I mean, think about it. But every time, I, I mean, that's a powerful, I mean, how many words is that? Three words. Just do it. Don't think about it. You know, well, you know what? I'm not going to give to the Lord because, you know, if I do that, I don't know if he's going to meet my need. I, I can't. I know the Bible says give, but I, I know the Bible says I said love my enemy, but I, I don't know if I love my enemy. My enemy might take advantage of me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, you, you follow me? So, but how many know Jesus said, if you love me, watch this. Nobody want to hear this. If you love me, keep my commandments. So watch this. If the Bible says it, it settles it. I'm not going to help it. We're going to discuss. If, if, if the Bible said, love my enemy, I'm going to love you. You're my enemy. Yep. 
I don't like you. Yep, but I'm going to love you anyway. How many got some people like that? You, and sometimes you have to love them from a distance. Hallelujah. <laughs> it ain't all bad. Sometimes you got to do that. But we got to love them. In other words, we got to obey. If we're going to confront our fear when it leads to evangelism, we just have to do it. Just have to go, man. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to share your faith, then you just have to go for it. Don't even sit back and think about it. Don't try to, you know, how many know we can always, we can talk ourselves out of anything, right? I mean, how many, you can talk yourself out of anything. And, 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 and we, a lot of times, we'll do it. But what I'm saying is, we need to have an attitude. Man, I'm just going to do what God says. Read the Bible. What does the Bible say? Okay, the Bible said, that, Pastor, show it to me in the Bible, and I'll do it. Okay, good, I'm doing it. Not going to try to, you know, well, I know the Bible said that. You know, let me tell you something. You know, this is when you notice know somebody who don't want to obey the scripture. They'll say, well, I know what the Bible said, but that's your interpretation. <laughs> I know the sign says stop, but that's your interpretation. I stop. <laughs> I, you know, I stop just to slow down. Stop doesn't mean that, you know, as long as I don't get hit or hurt nobody. That's no. How many know the stop sign means what? Stop. Right? Well, I know the Bible says love your enemies, but, you know. Hey, there's a, there's a little twist to that. Ain't, ain't no twist to it. What if my enemy did this and that? Well, Jesus didn't say nothing about what the uh, enemy is the enemy. I'm just saying, you know, we got to come to a place where we just say, Lord, if the Lord said it, we're going to do it. That's it. That settles it. So we got to be those that says, just like Nike, just do it. Then number seven, we're almost done. We only got a couple more. Uh, know the word. I think everybody understands the importance of that. Know the Bible. I don't, don't believe you have to be a theologian to articulate your faith. The woman... Of Samaria, we saw that the woman at the well, we saw how she ran last week and she just told everybody in the city, come see a man who told me everything I did. And a lot of people got saved, got right with God. But we but let me understand, but 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 help, but but I want to help us with this because some of us don't open our mouths because we don't have confidence that we know enough Bible. So how do you deal with that? The way you deal with it is prepare yourself. Read the Bible a little bit more. Read it in a way that so that when you do have an opportunity, you know, you don't have to do it. Well, you know, I, I don't know scripture. You know, I, I'm, I'm just saying study the Bible. You know, the, the Bible said the Bible. Listen, to this. this is Hebrew, Hebrews 4.12. This is why you need to study the Bible. Are you still listening? Say amen. amen. This is why you got to get this word in you. Listen, to this. this is why this is, a, this is a good reason why. How many like weapons? I like weapons. I like my guns. Anybody got guns? All right. I like weapons. So. The Bible says that the, that, the, that the word of God is a weapon. It's a weapon. So if the word of God is my only really, that's really the only offensive weapon the Bible gives you. It's the sword of the spirit. It's the word of God. So if this is a weapon, then I, mean, no, I, need, to, I need to take that weapon. I need to use it. I need to make sure that thing is sharp. Watch this. He says, for the word of God is living, powerful. Are y'all getting this? See? So in other words, every time, oh, y'all, y'all, I don't think y'all are getting this. I, I really don't think you're getting this. I, I feel like I want to jump out of my skin here. So, so that means that if the word of God is living, I mean, so, so this book is unlike any other book. This book, these words are living. They are eternal. He says, watch this church. He says, so the word of God is living and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Man, if that is the case, I need to know this book. Why? Because, boy, it's a weapon. 
I mean, and the more you preach it, see, and this is why I say to people all the time, man, just stay true, just stay true to the word. Preach less your opinion and preach the word of God. Why? Because there's power. See, that's not power in Pastor Gary's words. There's power in the word. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It, it, and it, this is my offensive weapon. So I want to know the word. So, so look, if this Bible has the capacity to cut through all the sin and all the, the wrongs of, and the ills of man, if this thing can cut down inside of it, because how I many know you can't do that? You can't reach a person's heart. But you preaching that word of God can cut all the way down and then get right to the source of the problem. And God can do a heart operation right there with the word of God. You do it. Some of you didn't even know you were surgeons. How many know God has called us to be spiritual surgeons? I mean, and look, and all you got is your, your tool that you use is this book. And, and, and this thing will cut down in there, man, and clean out some stuff and get people right with God. So listen, that's why we got to preach it, man. That's why we got to know it. That's why we study it. That's why I tell you, read it every day. Get it down in your spirit. Cut it and help you. Then number eight, we got to build relationships. Build relationships. Paul said, I become all things. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 and 23. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might win some to those who are without the law, uh, you know, not being without the law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law to the weak. I became weak that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men that I might know some, that I might save some. Paul said, I do it all for the sake of the gospel. So build relationships over time. So one of the ways we're going to overcome our fear in evangelism is just building relationships with people. Um, instead of trying to hit them up with a Bible, maybe hit them up with a hot dog. Hit them up with some cake. Hit them up with some cookies. Hit them up with an invite someplace. Uh, build a relationship, you know. Um, it's, many of us live in nice neighborhoods. We've been blessed. And, um, you know, God, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because my wife, she lost her mother about, oh, gosh, about three or four years ago. And, um, and so I used to go to my wife's when she was then my girlfriend. I used to go to her house. And then we got married for all these years. I've been going to that same house. And, and I thought, you know, uh, when, uh, when Peggy's mom passed, like maybe like a year or two after that, uh, they tore the house down. And so I think last year or year before last, we went over there um, just to kind of see. And you know what? It was as if that house was never, ever there. But then I thought to myself, I said, you know, at one point in time when that house was first built, that somebody thought, man, that's a precious house. If we treat that thing, I mean, somebody looked at the house, man, this is a beautiful home. And I can see all the people coming. Wow, this is beautiful. It ain't there no more. It's gone. You know what I'm trying to say? This, this world is, is, is temporal. And God didn't put you in your neighborhood just so you can look cute. And look, look, and say, y'all want y'all to see all the beauty of my house? It ain't about that, church. God has put us there in our neighborhoods on an assignment to reach people for him. That's ultimately why we're there. And so all that you do and all that, all that stuff we're doing, and I got a lot. I was talking to Crystal this morning. I got a lot of house, which Crystal helped me try to come up with the color. Because, you know, I, we don't know colors too well. So, so and all that stuff. I keep telling myself, you got to do it for the sake of the gospel, because at the end of the day, one day I'm going to look up and 304 Clippership Cove won't be there. Somebody will drive through and say, my kids are probably I'll be dead and gone and their kids and they'll probably drive through and say, mom and dad used to live in that house. It ain't there. They say, where, where was it? It's temporal. God's put you there on assignment, church. Don't get it twisted. It's not forever. So let's make sure. So build relationship with people. Let's stop being comfortable being in our neighborhood and not getting to know people. Let's, let's go out of our way. Um, let, uh, number nine, 
Master the fear of rejection. We got one more when we're done after this one. Master the fear of rejection. Jesus says you're blessed when men hate you, when they exclude you and they revile you and cast you out. Cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. He said rejoice in that day. Be glad. What? Rejoice because people don't want nothing to do with me. Jesus says when you are faithful to the gospel and preaching the gospel without fear, he said, listen, he says rejoice and be glad if people don't want anything to do with you. Because let me tell you something I learned about rejection. Let me tell you how, how it doesn't bother me anymore. Because I used to take rejection personal. But here's what I learned. I don't take rejection personal anymore. So if somebody reject you, stop going home crying about it. Don't worry about if somebody reject you. You just be faithful to preach. Let me tell you something. Because how many know that when people are rejecting the gospel message, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. Do you understand that? They're not rejecting you. You know, I'll read the verse. In Luke chapter 10, verse 16, it says, He who hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So we can't be, don't, let's not be fearful, fear or scared that somebody's going to reject us. Because it's not about you. You know, and there, Jesus says if they hated me, they'll hate you. That's what he said. So understand that if you became a Christian, that you're already in the minority. Uh, there are fewer of you in the earth. And, uh, and so most people are not going to think like you. Uh, they're not going to want to have anything to do with you, but but there's a but there's a remnant that God has called, and He wants you to reach to reach them. So, uh, so we got to master this fear of rejection. In other words, don't take it personal. Just understand that it's all par for the course. Lastly, we want to give it all to God. Now, Pastor, what do you mean when I say give it all to God? Here's what I mean by that: is that um, let's live fearlessly <laughs> for God. Let, I mean, you know what I mean when I say live fearlessly. You know, some of these folks. I, I envy some people because um, I see, you ever look at some of these TV shows and people do crazy stuff like, like walk on uh, a rope, tight rope, and, they, and people you know, do crazy stuff on bikes and motorcycles, you know, all these crazy. And, um, you know, and I always think, and, and part of me, some of me say, man, they're stupid, right? Especially we say, if they end up dying, and we say, man, that was, that was dumb, right? Uh, but there's something about the people who are like that, they're fearless. And, and, and there's something about that that is attractive to me, something about a person that is not controlled by fear, that's willing to do something that nobody else did, just willing to step out, willing to do. When everybody else sit on the sideline, somebody willing, you know, I'll do that. Um, we got folks in our military to serve like that, man. You know, they just they they love to go on the front lines. I mean, I was on the police department. Uh, you know, there were certain cops that I worked with who were former military people, Marines and all that stuff. And man, and every time that there was a, a, a hot shooting or something going on. They just, they couldn't wait. They were all, they were fearless. And, and it was something about that that just rubbed off on everybody else. And, and when I say fearless, that we got to live our life in a way that, that when it comes to sharing our faith and talking to people about Jesus, we just need to be fearless. We just need to go all out. We need to, and, and, and give the results to God. It may not turn out the way you want it to turn out, but you know what? That's not your thing. That's God's thing. You just do what God told you to do. I feel like if we do what God told us to do, then, um, then we're going to be blessed and we're going to accomplish a whole lot of things. We're going to do great things for God because we're not being controlled by fear. So I want to end the message today, and I want to end it with a question, actually. Um, I want you to think about this. So here's a question or a statement, however you want to look at it. So if, let me go here, if you truly live your life without fear, I want you to think about the past first. So think about 
up to now, so if you would have lived your life without fear, can I ask you a question? Where would you be today? Would, your, would things be different in your life? If you, going forward, live your life without fear, how much do you think you'll accomplish moving forward? How different will your life be if you can put fear behind you? So what I would say is, let's put it behind us. Let's say for this next chapter of our lives that we're going to be fearless. That we're going to go all out for God. We're going to go out on the deep. We're going to jump headlong, head first. We're going to go for it and not be held down and held back by fear. Because on the other side of that is greatness. And I believe that God has called all of us to greatness. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.